so in full transparency, I've now got monitors where everybody can see that you're recording to the right device. <laughs> it's now very clear that I'm recording to the correct device and you can see. And if we're not, it's now shared blame. I'm just saying. What does it show up if you're not? It doesn't a show up. Quite, yes, kind of, kind of like the Don't brain. Don't act like that was a dumb question. Kind of like my brain activity. It just, <laughs> <laughs> just like that. So, um, no, what the first indicator would be is when the music's playing, nothing's happening on the screen. Oh, okay. Which is really what should have been my indicator the other 43 times this has happened. That's okay. So, it's okay. So now I I've like got to a, learn a lesson really, really I, good. So, now I've got <laughs> a monitor where you guys can share. I'm so, just fascinated by it right now. So now we can all see because we've moved to the new studio. We've got new time. I'm telling you, I'm just so excited. We're going to actually put episodes out. Can Here. I just tell you, I'm still struggling with my tire. If you listened last time. You, oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I was talking some, to the listeners. I didn't word. think that I would have to remind Steve that last time we talked about my tire. <laughs> I was in an entirely different word. <laughs> well, you can take my car to work tomorrow and I'll take yours to the tire place. That sounds delightful because I realize that there are people in this world that have real problems. Itch. But if I am mildly inconvenienced in the morning, <laughs> I my very sophisticated car telling me, oh, by the way, dear, your tire's low. <laughs> I can't manage it anymore. I, okay. If more than two things collide in the morning, I'm guessing there are management issues. <laughs> I need like a greased chute to get out of the door. <laughs> uh, I need all things to just align. Really, I just need quiet. That's all I need. Although it's funny. So, you know, when the boys were growing up, Justin was the morning person. Mm-hmm. And he's like, ah, it's he morning. It's morning. And it's like, shut <laughs> up. Travis and I are like, no, no. <laughs> right. And then, you know, then Justin went to the Marines and and then, um, you know, Travis and I are like colliding because it's like, oh, get up, go to hell. (laughs) No, you've got to go to school. And then after Travis graduated, he'd moved to Manhattan for a little while. And then he moved back waiting for his apartment in Olathe. And something had happened to me. I don't know, alien abduction or Mm -hmm. something. And, And somewhere along the way. I don't know what happened, but I'm, I'm knocking on his door in the morning. I'm like, hey, boo-boo, time for, time for work. You got to get up. And all of a sudden, one morning, he's like, you used to hate mornings. What happened to you? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, I did. Oh, I've become one of them. Right. Turned to the dark. Travis oh, my is like, gosh. why have you betrayed me, <laughs> father? <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Darth Vader? So... Yeah, so I'm still really not much of a morning person, but yeah, so there's that. I I do feel your pain. I don't know. I do okay. Kind of depends on what morning it is. Let's just say it's a spicy situation because you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> I'm like that Berthy Bot's every flavor bean thing. <laughs> some days it's strawberries, some days it's earwax. So oh, gross, gross. <laughs> so how has everybody's week been? Brian, you have not said anything so far. I haven't said much. What's because uh, he's with us, right? It's a it's been a productive week, doing lots of work, having lots of calls, selling stuff. So it's going well. Drugs, <laughs> yes. Food and food products. Food and food products. Propane, propane and, and propane, propane accessories. Sweet, <laughs> <laughs> we love Hanko. Oh no, it's been a good week. Gone really fast for some reason. You said gone really fast, and the way that like the presentation was, I thought you were going to say gonorrhea. <laughs> and no. I'm like, well, that's a, a new addition to the week that I was not aware of. <laughs> no gonorrhea. No that's gonorrhea. Fair. How about you, Steve? Fine, Stephanie. <laughs> well, I have a whole list of grievances. <laughs> I, I like to leave time. I like to leave time for your weekly airing. Okay. So what else? How, what else has been going on this week? Anything? You like the witty banter. I do enjoy some pre-show banter. And I'm fine with that. Just I just would prefer that you not 
get disbarred <laughs> as a result of it. After sub-zero temperatures a few weeks ago, we are experiencing early spring. Yes, but that will end Sunday, I understand. Right. That will come to a screeching halt. Um, this Sunday coming up, February 11th, is my mom's birthday. Oh, uh, well, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And also the Super Bowl. It is. There's also going to be a football game that day. There, in fact, will be. Um, during that football game, I will be at a dance competition. Well, aren't you the lucky one? I, I will not. I just I suspected that <laughs> right. you would not. And our daughter was like, you don't have to stay. You can just drop me off and go. And I was like, no, honey. I only get so many more chances to watch you dance because you're in high school now, and I'm not going to miss that. And in the back of my head was like the narration, like the voiceover. Mm -hmm. And it was in that moment that Stephanie thought, I hope she picks me a good nursing home. (laughs) (laughs) So, Brian, what are we here for today? We are here for number 91 on the list of TV guides, top episodes from 1997, correct? Yes. It is number 91, L.A. Law. The episode is titled... Good to the Last Drop. It is season five, episode 16, aired March 21st, 1991, which was a Thursday. It also happens to be L.A. Law's 100th episode. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Look um, at you coming in hot yeah, with the facts. I got all kinds of stuff. I love it. I got all kinds of stuff. He has notes on paper. He Lots does. Lots of notes. Yeah. He tried to big time us before the show <laughs> with, look, I have notes on paper, and he's waving it around. <laughs> Just saying. The, uh, and Steve and I look back, slack-jawed. <laughs> Damn. Golly. The synopsis for this episode, as provided by PaleyCenter.com. I'm sorry, are they sponsoring us? Well, it's, it's where I'm stealing this from. Apparently, they're sponsoring Brian. In this episode, the abrasive Rosalind Shays makes a memorable exit from the series as the other lawyers confront an overload of the legal system, an unethical hospital policy, a civil disobedience directed at the IRS... Zoe Clemens finds herself overextended as she prosecutes two trials simultaneously. (laughs) Bullshit. (laughs) Outmaneuvered by a vicious young child killer in the first and unable to properly concentrate on the second. Victor Safuentes, personal beliefs interfere with the legal ethic with his legal ethics in prosecution of an opportunistic doctor specializing in unnecessary hysterectomies. Stewart represents an outraged citizen who refuses to pay taxes that subsidize government waste. CJ courts an envoy of German automobile executives, impressing them with her command of their language. That did not seem like a big part of the... uh, No. No. The episode's famous highlight is the permanent departure from the series of Rosalind Shays. There's going to be a spoiler alert. We're going to drop that spoiler alert on you in just a second. Yeah. So that's the... uh, that's, That's a really good synopsis. synopsis. Thank it you, is. Paley Center. I think I'm going to use them for other synopsis yeah. moving forward. I like them. Synopsi. Synopsis. Yeah, I think that's it. I think there were several That's my guess. I think so. No, that was excellent. I like, though, that I think I'm going to have to start writing down the TV guides, top 100, blah, 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 because we keep struggling with that. But the grease board's behind Brian. Yeah. Oh, there's one behind me, though. Yeah, there it? is. I can write it down. I can right turn there. around, too. I'm like a spinny chair. So, I can just yeah. write it on my forehead. I can turn around. I'm not an owl. <laughs> <laughs> so, from continuity in the show, the character Rosalind Shea came on, I think, the season before and wreaked havoc. Oh, I despised the Hated character. Hated her. She was awful. And... It, it, did she come in as a financial savior of the firm? Was that it? There was some adversarial position. And then the next thing you know, the old guy is asking her to be part of the firm. Right, right. And it was just outrageous. Right. I think there was a financial yeah, element to I, it. Something had happened. And then um, McKinsey, was that his yes. name? Yeah. Had asked her to come in. And then I'm like, ew, no. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this episode, I was quite satisfied with the ending. Quite satisfied. <laughs> As a matter Brian. of fact, had it been a DVR type scenario. So, uh, do you ever watch Blue Bloods? I mean, I'm conversational in it. Okay. So, Aaron Reagan, the 
prosecutor. Mm-hmm. She's so sanctimonious mm-hmm. in that show that mm-hmm. I almost can't even stand the actress. Oh. And there is a scene where a victim slaps her. Mm-hmm. And Frankie and I, she watches it. She gets annoyed with Aaron Reagan, and she's watched the show much longer than I have. So there's a scene where she slaps her, and so I paused it and backed it up, and then I just play it and go back and forth. So I videoed it to where all it does is just shows her getting slapped over and over and over. That's amazing. And said it to Frankie. (laughs) And she's like, you really don't like her. I said, no, I really don't. You really don't. (laughs) So that's what I would have done with this had that been technology that existed in 1991. Just saying. That's amazing. Yes. I harbor grudges like nobody's business. She was. She was terrible. She was terrible to the staff. She was terrible to the other attorneys. She was a terrible... Attorney. Yeah, because mm-hmm. there's, I don't remember a ton of LA law, but there's one where I know she was mean to the little squeaky secretary. Uh, you know, the secretary, I'm not the brunette with the yeah. short hair yeah. that's yeah. kind of squeaky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like she's really mean to her mm-hmm. and she has to like run away and then, you know, somebody stands up and it's a whole thing. Well, I right. think she was mean to, was his name Lenny on the show? Oh, yeah. The special needs yeah. guy. Don't know. Why can't I remember anybody's name? I don't know. Benny. Benny. Yeah. That's it. And uh, was the the secretary you're talking about, was that Corbin Burnson's secretary? Yes. Yes. Um, Loved her. Yeah, she's great. Um, I can't think of her name. I can't think of either her character name or her real name, Mm -hmm. and she's a wonderful actress. In any case, um, yes. I. I, Yeah. So here's the spoiler. She falls down an elevator shaft and dies a miserable death. What? <laughs> Immediately I after oh, Mackenzie breaks you, up with her, though. You meant miserable for her. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was going to say it wasn't miserable <laughs> no, at all. but It was quite enjoyable for everybody at the firm except for the old dude. No, but he's giving her the cold shoulder and then the door opens and she like backs into it. Right. Because mm-hmm. he's saying something about how they can't continue. He he no longer mm-hmm. wants to continue their relationship. And then, you know. I will say one of the things is, is is that from that moment forward, anytime I get on an elevator, I do look. Oh, I do too. Because I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, I really enjoyed that scene and karmic forces could be at work. <laughs> right. And this is the early 90s. So keep in mind the only sort of main character deaths that we've ever seen. Have been like Henry Blake. Right. That was exactly what I was thinking too. This just didn't happen. (laughs) Right. And that was the Korean War and an airplane was shot down. So I I really, right. And so I really like my odds of not being being shot down. And then all of a sudden I'm like, damn, I'm going to die in an elevator because I laughed at this chick dying. Oh, I laughed. I was like, first it's like this huge gasp. (gasps) And then you're like, (laughs) 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 so she does. And then there's uh, a portion of this show that's devoted to, like, their her family could sue. Like, there was negligence because they knew that the elevator was having trouble or something. It goes nowhere. Yeah, because there is lead up to it, right? Mm-hmm. At, at some point, they're talking about the elevator's not working. Yeah, they're working. in the staff meeting, and they're talking about how the elevator isn't working right. But That was really... I, I felt like the elevator was working quite right. Right. <laughs> I think the elevator was a, like an instrument of God. I think the elevator didn't like her. <laughs> so I do want to spend some time talking about the prosecution issue in this, in this episode. Because the notion that this prosecutor is prosecuting two cases at the same time and is so overworked and so... Unable to manage her stuff. With two cases? Right. First of all. In California? Right. In Los Angeles? No. I slept a TV. No. (laughs) That's not how it works. People who are overworked in the criminal defense system, criminal defense attorneys, (laughs) prosecutors, not so much. And it still makes me mad. I was frothing at the mouth when we were watching it. Frothing. Frothing. Was she frothing? She was. Okay. Right. I and believe we actually had to pause it for a moment I did. When, they, when they brought up this issue and right. she made, you know, comments about it. Right. Comments my, that can't be repeated among polite people. No. <laughs> the buzzing in my ears drowned out what I was saying, so I don't know what was going on. Because the hard overworked prosecutor had to deal with, you know, a drive by shooting and a what was the the other guy's issue was a, a like mugging. Mugging, yeah. At First the same of all, time. 
that would never happen because those are two felony cases. You would never have two felony trials at the same time. <laughs> Second of all, I don't know. It's too much for me to go into, but it's it's absolutely and totally factually not true. And this will the victim in one of the cases has unfettered access to this prosecutor and is talking to her all the time. And every like DA's office of a certain size has a victim advocate. And I'm pretty sure that Los Angeles County I, I would think would be big enough to have a victim advocate <laughs> that would one. manage these these things. I would I would imagine. But it was ninety one, who knows? Right. <laughs> right. No. You want to talk about municipal court. You can't I had nine trials scheduled one day. <laughs> oh, and then when that happens, you're like, well, hopefully maybe only four of them will go. Right. I think two of them went that day. Oh, it was um, a long day. Overall though, which, when did, uh, was it 19, when did that air or first air 87 when, when it came on yeah. LA law? I yeah. think so. 1985, well, no, no, hold please. 85, 86, 87, sometime in the, in the mm-hmm. mid to late eighties. Um, it was excellent. It was an excellent show and had a lot of diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, I also enjoyed the fact that it, it showed a law firm with a lot of diversity in practice area. Yeah. And, um, it introduced us to a lot of actors that later in life would do a, a lot of really diverse things. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we had Leo McGarry, we had, uh, oh, I'm trying to think, uh, Bobby, what was his name on NYPD Blue, where Jimmy Smits went yeah, from right. went to to NYPD Blue as a detective. There. Eighty six to, to ninety four to be yet a, okay. another casualty of being yes. around Andy Sipowitz. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, what was uh, what was uh, John Spencer's character on LA Law? I don't know. He was a detective, like a He's private a, investigator. Like, yeah, yeah. At any rate, him going on to be Leo McGarry. Um, but he was a, a breath of fresh air on L.A. Oh, yeah. When he came in, you had Harry Hamlin, who I don't even remember where he was at before he came on to L.A. Law. But I don't think he's done much since then. I don't obviously. remember him. I think that was his big know. thing was, was L.A. Yeah. Law. Okay. I was like the married couple. And they're still married. Yeah. I'd look to, to see they are still married. Yeah, they Which were is a, a, really a testament to them. Um but yeah, they are. They're a very cute couple. And then you had Douglas Brackman. He's gone on to do a couple of different things, uh, notably that uh, that have been fun to watch. Corbin Burnson. Corbin Burnson, who went on to do Psych, playing the dad on there, and uh, kind of being a thousand B movies too. He was oh, in Major he? League. He's Don't in. A, oh that. yeah, he was in yeah, Major League. Major League, but he's in a ton of B movies. That's I like, didn't. Yeah. Is he in like Sharknado or something? I wouldn't I even wish. that wouldn't even be a B movie. It's <laughs> <laughs> way down the alphabet. Fun fact. The guy who played Benny in this uh was an abled actor playing someone who was disabled. I don't know how to say that right. But he was in a movie called The Dark Night of the Scarecrow. And it was a CBS like scary Halloween movie. That still scares the shit out of oh, me really? <laughs> to this day. I think it's the greatest made-for-TV movie ever. That's funny. He also plays somebody who's mentally handicapped. He, I believe, in that. he has since passed away. He did. Yeah. He has died. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. I almost had her name. <sighs> Corbin Burnson's secretary. I know. I'm surprised Brian hasn't already been on it. I'm scrolling through IMDb right now, but she's a secondary the, character. So. The woman who played Rosalind Shea was on Star Trek. She has a long Star Trek history. Yes. She's an admiral in the... I, is she still alive? I think, I think she, she was on Discovery recently. Yeah. She's she's a really good actress, but it's hard to get past... Susan the, Rattan. That's it. Uh, nice. Roxanne Melman. So yes. that was the character. And it's hard to get past that... Uh, Rosalind Shea thing. (laughs) (laughs) Can we revisit the falling down the elevator shaft? I'm just saying. So So what do we think about the other stories other than her falling down the elevator? I mean, I know that it obviously the episode is named for that and good to the last drop. I think think that the, the big hook is the way that the show ends with the criminal case. But the um, medical issue 
was really well done, I thought. Yeah. That they were doing unnecessary hysterectomies and uh, Victor was just horribly <clears throat> offended by this doctor. So how do you feel as professionals in about Victor trying to insert his personal morality into the case and push them to continue fighting when they just want to take the settlement? Um, well, that's uh, a, a really good way to draw a malpractice claim. Mm -hmm. um, you, you don't do that. You, your client gives you instructions. You follow the instructions. Now, you can advise your client, but at the end of the day, you do what they tell you yeah. to do. And uh, what's his name? Douglas. Bracken. Brackman. Brackman. Mm -hmm. um, like, scolds him about that. Like, Oh, you, he you, should you, have scolded you him. You set us up for a world right. of right. <laughs> discipline and being sanctioned right. and not just you, but the firm and everything else. Right. I mean, it's it's completely irresponsible from a professional standpoint. It's unethical, and it's it would get you fired anywhere else that wasn't a TV show. <laughs> I want to work on a TV show. <laughs> I would like to work on a TV show. I want to work in TV world. I mean, I've done criminal defense for the majority of my legal career, and it's not like I want to cozy up to these people and you know sit next to them at Thanksgiving. I got a job to do, and that's what you do. Right. And, you know, and, and at the end of the day, you give your client advice, you ground that advice, and, and hopefully you're giving them holistic advice, right? You're not just telling them the law. You're telling them, hey, you know, here's what the law says. Here's what you should do when you also look at it compared to the community at large, compared to the political landscape. Um, and, and I don't mean political just as in, in politics, capital P, but the political landscape of whatever your world is um, and and what your judgment call is and and give them your advice. And when they tell you, okay, but here's what I'm going to do, so long as it's within the confines of law and what your own what your own value system will allow you to do, then you do it. Right. And if it isn't, then you part ways and it's as easy as that. Right. But you don't, yeah, no, you don't, you don't. I mean, I had <laughs> many people want to go to trial on cases. And I was like, no, this is a really bad case to take to trial. Here's why. And that usually was punctuated with a, well, you're not going to fight for me. No, that's not what I'm saying. I I'm don't say take crap to court, first of all. <laughs> right. And I'm trying to minimize your exposure. On right. This. Yeah. I don't want to see you make a terrible mistake. Right. And when there's a 911 call and you can hear your husband crying in pain because you're beating him on the 911 call, that's that's not going to be a winner. Well, can we go back <laughs> to the video where you're where you get out of the car and say, "Oh, you caught me." That was right. another favorite of mine. Oh, right. why can't we go to trial? Because you admitted to the commission of the crime. <laughs> they didn't read me my rights. You weren't in custody. Right. You weren't in custody yet. <laughs> That there's, was always there's my a favorite. video. Ah, they didn't read me my rights. Ha ha. No, the the ha ha is kind of on you. Right. <laughs> I will tell you this: there is a myth that if the police officers do not read you their rights, your rights, that somehow under no circumstances are you going to be able to be prosecuted for this. <laughs> That's not how that works. If they don't read you your rights once you're in custody, it means that they cannot use your statements against you. But, but if you are just blabbing in the back of the car, right? They didn't ask you any questions. You were not in. You were not being interrogated. Stop talking. Right. Silence is free. <laughs> use it up. So safety, kids. By the way, safety's yeah. free. Let's use it. Up. Safety's free. Use it up. There's never a wrong time to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I've told you that story before about uh, all those defendants. I had in one case. No. Okay. I don't think so, so it was like a. In how they charge cases is different, but in Las Vegas, the state of Nevada, it was like criminal, like CR, then the year, and then the case number. And if there were more than one defendant, there would be a letter designation after the case number. So if there were two defendants, it would be case number A, case number B. B would be assigned to one, it was assigned to the other. We were in a case where there was like down to M. And I was like, holy shit. Oh, my. 
I mean, it, we took up the, just the attorney standing up for like calendar call, took the whole well. And I was like, this is never, this is going to be bad. Whoever goes first is going to like get the best deal of this. It was a drug prostitution situation as you're often want to do in Vegas. So I explain the offer to the girl I was representing. I think I, she was like K or L. I don't know. And she's like, no. I was like, okay. I said, I just want you to understand that there's a lot of moving parts to this and somebody's going to roll. Okay. Oh, yes. She's like, no, it's not going to be me. And I was like, okay, I respect that. Ten toes down. Let's go. Every single one of those girls kept their mouth shut. They dismissed the case because nobody would talk. Wow. Let that be a lesson to you, kids. Wow. <laughs> That's something else. So, right. Wow. All of us walked out like, wow, we did not think that was going to happen. I was like, I certainly, as like the caboose of this thing, did oh not think my that my girl gosh. was going to It was amazing. I've never seen anything like it before or since. That is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you certainly don't expect that. And then Good I wonder, Lord. what kind of mechanism was that really part of? Right. Because right. usually people are just... Oh, you can't get 10 people in a theater to shut the <laughs> right. fuck up. Oh, right. I saw this. Oh, I saw this on the preview. Shut up. No one cares. Right. We're all here. We're watching it. Right. And these motherfuckers wouldn't melt butter if it was sitting in their mouth. Oh, my they gosh. They were that cool. Oh, my gosh. I had... So I, I had a kid that I... I represent in a different manner. Call me because he was in a car full of kids and there may or may not have been some... There may or may not have been some questionable items in the car. I don't know. I just know that he called and he's like, we got pulled over. I don't know what to do, blah, blah, blah. And so we're talking and I'm like, dude, do you have anything on you? No, I don't. But I don't know what else is in the car. And I said, okay, well, I can tell you what. You don't need to say anything. Mm -hmm. You know, you weren't driving. You be polite. And, you know, if they ask your name, you can tell them your name. But you don't, you don't touch anything. You didn't do anything. And I can hear his friends talking. And he's got one friend in, that he's with who will not stop talking. <laughs> and I'm like, you need to tell your friend to stop talking. He goes, hang on. And the friend keeps going. And I said, tell your friend to shut the fuck up. Because mm -hmm. the police are there. And then I hear the deputy quite clearly say, is that your dad? <laughs> and I'm like, am I on speaker? He goes, yeah, I just put you on speaker. So-and-so just shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I right. guess that advice works. Right. Selective <laughs> mutism yeah. is your friend in these situations. And, and I, I told him later, don't ever put me on speaker. Right. <laughs> It served its purpose. Right, it did, but <laughs> that notwithstanding. Before that tangent, I went back to the unnecessary hysterectomy issue. For the time, this was pretty groundbreaking discussion of medical care as it related to women specifically. And I appreciated that part of that story has aged like a fine wine. We leave some silence there because you're not wrong. Oh no, it's yeah. it was very well done, yeah. and even in 1991, I mean, issues like that just weren't talked about. So I, I deeply appreciate how well that was written. Good. No, I I don't disagree with that. Well, I think overall this was a, a well written, well acted show. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's withstood the test of time. Interestingly enough, I I don't I don't think I had watched L.A. Law since it went off the air. Oh, I know I haven't. Uh, it's no. just not one that, that I had gone back to, to ever watch. I don't know that I ever knew it was even in reruns. Mm -hmm. So When you start up a show and it starts in four by three, you're like, yeah. well, okay then. We've stepped back in time. <laughs> <laughs> what are those big black bars on the side right? of the screen? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. That reminds me of my 36-inch Toshiba tube television. <laughs> tube. That thing weighed 197 pounds. Sure did. We had one of those. I mm -hmm. did too. Yes. And it, it was a Toshiba have, silver. It would have killed gigantic. It would have killed someone if it When fell the on kids them. were little, we I like screwed it to the wall into a stud so that, you know, oh, if they yeah. were being stupid, they wouldn't kill themselves with at the 200 first, pound did you TV? notice he started to say we and then he looked at me and was like 
bitch, you didn't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) You were in the vicinity. You were present. But that TV went from uh, Kansas City to Vegas, a couple of houses in Vegas. It, It did well by us. Did it make it to Memphis? No. Okay. It made it to the last house in Vegas, though. Um, so what do we think about Stewart's case with the IRS? The the guy arguing that he doesn't want to pay for the $145 ashtrays and, you know, crimes um, and wars that he doesn't agree with? I, I There's a lot of stuff I don't want to pay for. Um, but paying right. taxes is admission to a civilized society. So Agreed. I'm not going to. What it reminded me of is a sovereign citizen movement that has kind of taken hold. Um, if you ever want to feel your blood pressure go up, go to YouTube and Google sovereign <laughs> citizens well, and I, enjoy. And, and, you know, the interesting part when you look at, at some of those videos, you don't want to participate in some activities of a free and civilized society but you don't mind availing yourself of those things the rest of us are paying for. Mm -hmm. Like, um, oh, I don't know, national security and uh, the airwaves and the internet and all all of these things. Right. All of these things that are not free, Mm -hmm. they have to be paid for. I understand that you may not like some of the things that your money's being spent on. I don't either. I don't care I, for all of those things, but I don't. I don't get line item veto. No, which would be awesome if I did. <laughs> by the way, just saying, I'd like to have that. For I'd a like few to days. put that on my wish list. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, because I'd have a big red pen. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. with, I'm okay with the pothole filling, but I'm not okay with those lights down at the park. Nope, I want those off. And I'd also like okay for if he gets pothole filling, I get pie filling. Pie filling, oh, yes. nice. good. Nice. Pie filling. So no those crust. were the three big things during the. During I the vaguely show. remember the yeah. Germans showing up. The Germans showed up. It was a big deal because they were going to be her third or fourth big client coming to the firm. She impressed them by speaking a little bit of German, like two phrases, I think. And then they were laughing while they were standing in front of the open elevator door with the little <laughs> collapsible yellow thing saying that it was a hazard in front of it after Rosalind had fallen to her death. Because had they met her, because that would explain the laughter. (laughs) (laughs) But they were, I don't know that it was like open laughter, but it was giggling when she explained that, you know, she fell down and died. Right. And there was giggling. Uh So maybe it's the German, you know, that doesn't happen in Germany because they make things so well. I don't know. Right. (laughs) That's exactly what it probably was. I don't know. It was just silly. (laughs) All right. So... In the 90s. Wait, we didn't finish the big thing of the story. Okay. Which is that the prosecutor, who is allegedly so overworked and can't make this conviction, can't get a conviction on a guy who did a drive-by shooting um, at a woman's house and killed her son, which is a horribly sad, tragic thing that happens. There's witness intimidation issues, and so the guy walks. The surprise at the end of the show, is that the mother then kills the guy. And it's like, okay. <laughs> little little Jack Ruby action. Right. Well, I mean, which is a, which is a technique that's used in any number of other shows. It wasn't unique to this show. It's, I, I don't know. To me, to me, that's just weak writing. I, I, that did nothing for the story. That did nothing to advance a position. Right. Or it was a else. shocking ending, though. Yeah. Showing the horrible detriment that this poor dear prosecutor being overworked, what it caused. Which I, I was fine. <laughs> oh, were you? Yeah, I was fine. Okay. Um, I also still enjoyed Rosalind dying too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Sometimes I thought it was a balancing of the universe of some sort. So <laughs> vigilante justice has no constitutional implications. <laughs> Take that for what it's worth. So what was your next question, Brian? I apologize. Uh, not a question. So the uh, 90s had a plethora of legal shows. Mm-hmm. So just while this episode was being aired, here's what legal shows were on the air. Okay. Against the Law, 
from 90 to 91. This is just for the 91, but I'm giving the years that they that. were on the on, on the air. Against the Law, 90 to 91. Civil Wars, 91 to 93. Bailey. Equal just, Justice, 90 to 91. No. Jake and the Fat Man. Love Jake and <laughs> the yeah. Fat Man. I knew we'd get a kick out of that. 87 to 92. Law and Order started in 1990. Still dun, dun. going on. We will all be dust in our <laughs> in our in the ground. It will still be going on. Dun, dun. Matlock. <gasps> Yay! 86 to 95. Night Court. Yay! I don't know if you consider that really legal, it's not but a drama. You know, I it's do, fun. but yeah, yeah, it was a great show. I'll tell Night, you what, Night, Night Court. Court had a lot of similarities with Municipal Court in Las Vegas. <laughs> that does not surprise me, I think, in much way at all. <laughs> Night Court went 84 to 92. Perry Mason. Yay! 85 to 95. Reasonable Those are the Perry Doubts. Mason movies, not the series. Right. Yeah, they are the movies, but Reasonable Doubts. There was one that aired like right after this episode, though, in March. Hmm. There was a Perry Mason movie that aired. Um, Reasonable Doubts, 91 to 93. Shannon's Deal, never heard of that Mm. one, 90 to 91. And The Trials of Rosie O'Neill, 90 Mm. to 92. So that's a lot of law shows. And that's not including the cop shows that had some law in them. Mm -hmm. That were all going on at the same time. Which really was law and order, because it was a 50-50. Yeah, I mean, you had the police procedural at but the front like, end. There are two criminal justice to equal, right? <laughs> but you know, um, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. That, that is interesting. That many law-based shows, not including the cop ones, and yeah, I mean, like NYPD Blue. Once Sylvia came on, then they showed quite a bit more of the law right. of the law side, right? Um, but it was mainly a cop show at the beginning. Um, and I think at the but, end, I, and, I think it was a lot more at the end too. I think that it was a way to <clears throat> dump on Andy Sipowitz unnecessarily <laughs> and watch this man struggle through so many things. So during this season, LA law was number 28 Woo. on out of broadcast television. Uh, it appeared on Thursday nights in front of it was The Cosby Show, mm-hmm. A Different World. Different World, I love that show. Cheers. Yay. Wings. Wings. Nice. Right? Oh. Like, that's Wings. a nice lead Wings in. was great. I love oh, that yeah. show. Um, Steven Weber is yes. hilarious in that. But it's a nice lead in to this. Um, it was up against uh, Primetime Live, Knott's Landing, and Bodies of Evidence. And so ninety, and this was ninety one, right? So yeah. that would have been um, Cheers is next to its Glasses. last year, yeah, yeah, because yeah, it started the year that uh, Mash went off the air, mm. right? Yeah, it yeah. ended in ninety two, right? There were a bunch of things that ended in ninety two. Yeah, yeah, Cheers did, and I think ninety two was the year the that Golden Seinfeld did. started. No, is Seinfeld right? started in eighty nine. Well, okay. it didn't get good until about ninety two. <laughs> <laughs> There's some rough episodes of Seinfeld. <laughs> but Thursday was uh, a law-heavy night, it looks like. Uh, on a ABC Pros and Cons started off the night, followed by FBI Untold, American Detective. Uh, CBS had Top Cops. <gasps> Top Cops. And then Trials of Rosie O'Neill, which I, I never seriously heard never of heard of it. Mm-hmm. It ran for two seasons. But uh, it was... On there, and then, uh, yeah, Fox had you know the normal Fox lineup of nine hundred two one zero and other Aww. other fun stuff. But I was never a Knots Landing person. So no, the the nighttime soaps, Knots Landing, uh, Dynasty. Dallas Dynasty. There was another we one. Dallas. I mean, at the time that it was like, who shot Jr. Dallas? But the rest of that stuff, my parents didn't really. I don't get think into. we ever watched any of those. Yeah, primetime soaps, no. Yeah, Dad wasn't going to sit around for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's face it. So this episode was, that train. was written by Stephen Bacho. Yay! David E. Kelly. Yay! Alan Brennert, Terry Louise Fisher, and Patricia Green. Well, that's probably... I love to see women writers because that's why you get that good content about that unnecessary surgery story. So... Uh, Towards that, Patricia Green, uh, this is, I did a little bit of a deep dive after I finished work today. Patricia Green uh, also wrote on China Beach, Cagney and Lacey, 
and uh, Chicago. I can't read it. Oh, Chicago Hope. Oh. So she has ten Emmys. Wow. Yeah. I don't have any. Terry Louise Fisher. <laughs> I just just pulled this up. Terry, Terry Louise, Louise Fisher. Terry Louise Fisher has sixteen. Or no, I'm sorry, thirteen Emmys. She has sixteen writing credits. The most notable is Cagney and Lacey. Uh-huh. Wow. Um, obviously, we all know Stephen Boschko and David E. Kelly. Uh, Stephen Boschko has ten Emmys, forty-seven writing credits. Which is pretty amazing. I still don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> Among his most popular NYPD Blue, Hill Street Blues, Murder One, Cop Rock. That was not <laughs> good. That was not good. <laughs> I put that on there because I figured we could all like, what the hell were you thinking, sir? I mean, experimentation is the spice of life. You know what know. also is his? McMillan and White. <gasps> oh, I don't know oh, that I, I, I ever knew Columbo. He has lots of writing credits for Columbo and Macmillan and Wife. I love Macmillan and Wife. If I you're do too. new here, it starred Rock Hudson and Susan St. James. And I have had a long and abiding love for Rock Hudson. David E. Kelly, 11 Emmys. So we got a ton of Emmy wow. winners on just this episode. I wonder if that's the most Emmy winners in one episode writing staff. I don't know. Um, David E. Kelly, Picket Fences, which we've oh, done yeah. an episode on, Lake Placid, Ally McBeal, The Practice, Boston Legal, and the did, new Lincoln Lawyer TV show. Did uh, did either of you were either of you watchers of The Practice? No. So no. I I was a, that was, that's he, the Shatner one, right? No, that's no. Boston that's Legal. Boston Legal. And I was a, a huge fan of, of Boston Legal. A dear friend of mine turned me on to Boston Legal when we were in law school. Um, but Alan Shore, have friends other than us. the main character, one. That's rude. The main character, <laughs> uh, Alan Shore, came from The Practice. That character came from that show. Oh. And so I tried watching The Practice, and I'm like, yeah, two really different shows. So kind of, kind of not, not the same, but the same. Kind of like going from the Mary Tyler Moore show to Lou Grant. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so disappointed. Right. And then the final... This isn't funny at all. No. The final writer is Alan Brennert, and he's kind of the outlier. He has one Emmy. Slacker. <clears throat> he wrote on Wonder Woman, Ooh. Simon and Simon. Just one I Emmy. love Simon and Simon. Just one Emmy. He also wrote on China Beach. Wow. Uh, Outer Limits, Twilight Zone, Stargate, and Star, Star Trek Enterprise. Okay. So Stargate, that's Brian's in his, thing. In his later and life, he China went into Beach. the sci-fi. Yes, I see. Yes. So all, of his, all of his early stuff is, you know, whatever. And then he moves into sci-fi pretty heavily in his later years. Good for him. Yeah, absolutely. So, Do I, you know that me and what's that guy's name? The last one you said? Alan Brenner. Between me and Alan Brenner, we have one Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been funnier if you'd have remembered the name. Right. <laughs> That's probably why he has an Emmy and I don't. Right. Do you know that between Terry Louise Fisher and me, we have 16? I've heard that. <laughs> so, series co-creator Terry Louise Fisher was a former deputy district attorney for Los Angeles County. Oh, okay. There she was go. also a former entertainment lawyer for 20th Century Fox. She was also a producer as well as a writer for Cagney and Lacey. She composed a form letter that she was going to start. She never did, but was going to start sending it to lawyers who complained about the show. And it was going to say, dear so-and-so, if I were a good lawyer, I'd still be practicing law. Instead, I'm stuck in Hollywood making 10 times as much money. I hope you're as conscientious about your clients as you are about your show. Thank you for writing. Oh, my God. I love it. The petty. The petty is so strong. Oh, my gosh. That is hilarious. And then if I were her, I would have said... I. I'm stuck with all of these Emmys. So. Right. I'm sorry I can't hear you. My Emmys are rattling in the wind like chimes. So that is that is phenomenal. So is she still alive? I'd like to invite her. I want to tweet her or something. Terry Louise Fisher. Let's find out. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Wikipedia. This is really fascinating for the listeners. This is not a visual medium. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, eventually we're going to have some cameras up here. She is 77 years old. Good for her. I'd like to tweet at her. Hope she has a Twitter. Uh Hopefully she has the X. Law school at UCLA. Wow. 
Uh, born February 21st. She's got a birthday coming up. So you can tweet her a happy birthday. I will tweet her a happy birthday because so, that letter is peak Does she kind of look like Susan Day? I don't have well, that on. looks like that Susan picture? Day. Yes, that looks like Susan Day, doesn't it? <laughs> that does not. Because one of them is Susan Day and the other one <laughs> oh, is. Right. Exactly. Well, there we go. Yeah, exactly. So, Because uh, the one picture of her is... Again, not a visual medium. Right. But, uh, he right. had Googled her name and the picture came right. up and Susan Day's picture was right next Maybe to Maybe they were picture. saying that like Susan Day was kind of a character based on her oh, would be my be. guess. Having, yeah, having been yeah. A, a deputy district attorney. So, Well, that's interesting. Um, sounds like if this law thing doesn't work out, we have a future of maybe writing shitty letters to people. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we can Not do that writing now. TV shows? I can we do can, that now. We can do that now, but unfortunately there's no Emmy in that business right. either. So, um, However, you know, I tell you. But what, I don't think I knew that Stephen Bochco was L.A. Law. Or oh, at least did. I never like mentally put it together. I was associated I with David E. Kelly. Him, yeah. yeah. I always put him with like the cop shows, not. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Huh. So. Okay. So do you think it should be on the list? This I do. Episode? No, I think it was a good show. Um, I think it was likely for two reasons. I think it was the Victor Suentes storyline. And mm-hmm. I think it was the, um, o- overworked, uh, district attorney storyline. I think that's what put it there. Um, I don't, as much as I think it should be on there because <laughs> Rosalind, Rosalind died. falls yeah. down the elevator. And that's just good television. Although, <laughs> give the people what they want. What if it, but I mean, like we said, it's kind of a first for a main character getting knocked off. But the, but realistically, I mean, <laughs> That's a lazy way to get rid of a bad character. Yeah, but it sure was fun. <laughs> it was fun, absolutely. <laughs> but I would like to think it's on the list for the other, at least for the Victor Suentes storyline. Yeah, I yeah. think that's the primary. Uh, that's the primary reason would be my guess. Yeah, yeah, it's solid. I mean, obviously, I've got an issue with the, uh, you know, pretending that prosecutors are the victims and all of this, but. Um, it's a solid episode, top to bottom. Even the German thing that's barely in there is still, you know, reasonably entertaining. Right. And for a hundredth episode, I think it's like yeah. it. Yeah, I would agree. And I think the LA law deserves a place because there, like you said, there's a glut of law related shows. But which, when Brian is going through the list, now some of them I've not heard of, which is surprising because I've sat on my ass in front of the TV for decades. <laughs> And uh, oftentimes I was on this couch next door. (laughs) It just surprises me how many there really were. Um, And then layering, like you said, layering on top of that, the number of police procedurals as well. It it really is surprising. And back then there were not nearly as many channels as there are today. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so to make your mark, the four main channels, right? right? So, make your mark and stand out in that oversaturated field. uh, Good for LA Law. Right. Right. So, in terms of my isms, this is a very multi-ethnic cla- cast. It shows people of different ethnicities in positions of power, uh, positions of affluence. Um, there were women attorneys, so you know it's not too sexist. I don't remember there being any gay content, but costumes. It's a set in the '90s. It's very '90s attire. But, you know, the, the show itself ages well. I would like to see maybe fewer criminals of certain ethnicities, but, you know, it is of the time. Do you see the big flat line? I can't line? carry this thing all on my back. <laughs> well, let us know when you're right. about to, I like you just done. What about done. your test? Hmm? What about oh, the test? Oh, the Bexel test? Yeah, it passes the Bechdel test with flying colors. Yeah, we've got lots of conversations. Mm-hmm. I, I especially like the conversation of Rosalind. Ah! <laughs> That's probably the best line of the show. <laughs> no! I didn't mean to just completely drop off like that. Sorry. <laughs> like we, I love that we do this. Yeah, I love that we do this at the end of the day when... What little brain power I have is gone. We can do this on a weekend. No, or no, no. Something. I'm just saying that, you know, you're not getting peak stuffy at this point in time of the day. 
But then you wonder, is there ever really peak stuff? Well, I was just thinking we could do it on a Saturday or Sunday morning. <laughs> right. Yeah, because I'm ooze charm. Right. I ooze charm. We'd all be cussing at we each other. We were right. scheduling a hearing today, and the judge said, okay, but on this day we'll have to start at 10, and everybody's really quiet. And I said, I'm definitely okay with a late start. <laughs> Yeah, I had to be at court ready for trial this morning at 8 o'clock. Ew. I no, know. No. 8 a.m.? No. No. That's way too early. Take that up with somebody who has a better pay grade than me. <laughs> so, um, I was thinking that there was like a little bit more to your to your test, but you have not really weighed in about, is it on the list? Is it on the right spot on the list? I would like to think that it's, not in the right place because it is so female forward about women's rights in terms of healthcare. It definitely deserves to be on the list for that. I would like for it to be higher because I think the LA law as a whole did a lot to move some conversations forward in terms of cultural issues. So yeah, it definitely belongs on the list. And like I said, I cannot compliment those writers enough for how they handled the the story about the the unnecessary hysterectomies. It was extremely well done. Well, and you, you really had an eclectic group of writers. I mean, mm-hmm. with broad bases of experience and, and backgrounds, I, I think educational backgrounds, I mean, um, it, I didn't know at the time. I didn't know when I was watching it that, that they had such diversity in backgrounds for their writers. That, I didn't know that either. I, I think as a whole, LA Law deserves to be probably higher up in the list for sure. I mean, I remember I mean, certain you've got episodes a Hispanic of it. male in a very powerful position. I see he's a you partner, have, isn't he? Yeah. He's a partner. Yeah. You have an African-American male in a partner position, right? It was a smoke show, by the Bl- way. Blaine. Blake, Blair Underwood. Blair. Yeah, Blair Underwood. Uh-huh. Look him up. Um, you've got women as partners, and you have the uh, uh, Benny. Mm-hmm. He's... Obviously not an attorney, but he's prominently right. featured in right. the, he's in the show. He's an important part of the he's law an, firm. Right. Yeah. Well, and then you have you have an administrative role um, that clearly is an important player in the firm. Mm-hmm. And I quite frankly think Corbin Burnson's character would have been fired a long time ago if it weren't for his assistant. Right. Running <laughs> interference. Yes. So you're right, Brian. It does do a really good job with balancing all of those things. And that, yeah, the Benny part was always really good. Yeah. I mean, he was, there was humor to it, but not making fun no, of him. it wasn't mean-spirited. Right. It was, you know, it, it was not mean-spirited. It was not making fun of him. It was not, it was. And the attorneys and the other staff came to rely on him for a lot of different things. So it was very good at showing how valuable uh, everybody is in a workplace. Right. No, I would agree. I would agree. No, I think it definitely belongs on the list. I'm not convinced one way or the other it's in the right spot. I'm not convinced that... Speed Racer. is <laughs> above it. Right. <laughs> I know. There's, yes. I'm sorry. Was there not an episode of Petticoat Junction we right. could put on there? The only thing that surprises me, though, is that this was their 100th episode. And it did not feature Corbin Burnson. It did not feature Harry Hamlin. It did not feature... What's Blair her name? Underwood was Blair Underwood. Like, but there's only, I mean, that was a huge ensemble cast. So there's only so many stories to go around. Right. But for your hundredth episode, don't you put your, you know, your top three names in well, the, in the script? I don't know. I don't or know maybe that it's these writers don't necessarily out meet that them. way. Well, I mean, when you have how many Emmys amongst you? <laughs> well, I mean, between the three of us, I can't even count how many we have. Right. I mean, it's. Zero. <laughs> Zero. So um, looking ahead, I, I'm not excited. I'm really not excited. Um, I was never a big Miami Vice fan. Um, did you guys watch? You, you were a Miami Vice watcher, weren't you? Hey, off and on, I like the music. Well, I would agree. Jan Hummers, I, I, like, I like the music. I remember the opening, and that's about it. I mean, there, okay. there were episodes there a, I watched, but it was not a like, oh, I got to tune into Miami Vice. He had an alligator that lived in his boat, and that's about all I remember. And I just but, was never a big Don Johnson fan. And who was the other actor? As soon as you said, yeah. asked that, 
I knew his name right until you did that. Oh, sorry. It's like three names. Okay. Um, and then we have Speed Racer after that. So not super excited about that. Happy Days. Uh, it's fine. Um, China Beach. That's mm. by the way, I found that. Oh, you did? So, yeah. Um, when we get to it, we can discuss how we're watching okay. it. But great. <laughs> Great, great, great. And then the Batman one. Uh, Is that old Batman? I love old Batman. I mean, it's, it's okay. And then we have Dragnet. That'll probably have Henry Morgan in it. It's that blue boy one. That's what? It's that blue boy one. I don't know what you mean. Yes, you do. I do? Yes. Okay. We watched it at your apartment like a million years ago on Nick at Night. Oh, okay. Uh, and then we get to Mad About You, and then we go back. I mean, it's just, there's some good stuff coming up. Right, but we're in the 90s now. We're not going to get to the good TV until we get to the 50s, at least, I would think. Well, I mean, but even still, yeah, that's true. But then we have some, still, we get up there and I, some stuff I've never heard of. The Prisoner, Fallout. I, I don't know what The Prisoner is. Um, there's an episode of Gilligan's Island that's higher yes. up on the list than some of these shows. <laughs> uh, Brooklyn Bridge. I'm not sure what that show that uh, was from. That 91. had Marion Ross in it and she was like a Jewish grandma. Okay. It's a good show. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, there is some good stuff in there, but it's, it's a little, it's a little hit and miss. It's an interesting list. It's really an eclectic list, I think. Um, it just bounces back and forth between, hey, I really can't wait to watch that. And, uh, Speed Racer. <laughs> go Speed Racer. Go Speed Racer. Go. But remember, we were told, don't start out with, this show sucked. Right. Because so, apparently people don't want to listen to that. Exactly. <laughs> this was the best episode of television ever. Let's talk about it. Let's discuss. So. All right, so next up is Miami Vice, and I might be surprised, because I, I really never was much of a, a watcher of Miami Vice, so it, it might be really good. It yeah. could be. Um, uh, it's just, I'm wondering if it's going to be good for the 80s or just a good episode. Or did it age poorly right. or any other number of possible outcomes? Because this particular episode is just solid. You could watch it now and be right. like, oh, yeah, you know, right. yeah. totally right. But there are so few shows and even some episodes like the show I'm about to say don't age well, but there are really so few shows like MASH mm-hmm. that you can watch at any time and they're just solid mm-hmm. all the time. Solid. Mm-hmm. And like I said, there are a few episodes there where you're why mash is way up there at like number three right, or something. I mean, right. But there, you know, there, there are some episodes where, like I said, they're, they're not so great, but I, I mean, over and over and over consistently good. Doesn't matter yeah. when you're watching them. I don't know that I can say the same about a lot of television. Right. I mean, sort of an like disappointing, I'm making air quotes episode of MASH is still better than like 90% of television. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and when I talk about an episode not aging, well, I'm talking about, you know, just using certain terms or phrases for certain ethnic groups mm-hmm. that maybe are less sensitive than we would use today mm-hmm. being, uh, being the only significant issue. But I, again, I, I just, I don't know that a, a brute force 80 show like Miami Vice is going to age well. Right. Yeah, right. I'm sensing misogyny. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, while we're still talking about L.A. Law, overall, it had 89 Emmy nominations over its entire run. It won 15. Wow. You know, it had it won fewer Emmys than its (laughs) co-creator has. Right. You know how many Emmys I've been nominated for? Zero. Um, We're going to work on that. Yes. So I'm going to squeeze this in because I wrote it down and I swear to God, I just wanted to squeeze it in okay. just because of that. Things going on in 1991. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the Gulf War started. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, my God. Operation Desert Storm. Uh, right. The Rodney, Rodney King beating. Yes. <clears throat> uh, dissolution of the USSR. Oh, yeah. That was the a official thing. dissolution right. of the USSR. Estonia, Which held Latvia, so much Lithuania <laughs> that really were admitted so to the promise. UN. Uh, the tail hook scandal. Oh, yeah. Uh, Freddie Mercury died. Sad. That's a big pouty face on my <clears throat> end of the table. Uh, Gorbachev resigns. Apartheid was repealed. Yep. 
the World Wide Web was released to the public from CERN. Released. Al Gore did not invent it. <laughs> released to the public. Was unleashed. <laughs> yes. Never to be uh, contained again. And it would be like a few years before you could get really good porn on it. <laughs> right. Well, my note was, uh, and the first porn sites opened <laughs> 0.2 seconds after yes. it was released. <laughs> See? Brian was already there with the joke. Uh, Thurgood Marshall retired. Clarence Thomas was nominated and took his place. Place. Stop. <laughs> My respect for Thurgood Marshall uh, is boundless. There was a coup in Haiti. Manuel Noriega was put on trial. Uh, on April 26th, there were 70 tornadoes across the United States, and Andover, Kansas was basically wiped up. I remember when that happened because my roommate, uh, one of our roommates at K State, was from. And over huh. Terry Anderson, the last Beirut hostage, was released after seven years in captivity. How can they reach us, Steve? They can reach you, me, by writing Stephanie at weekendmediagroup.com. If they would like to provide feedback, we do. We appreciate constructive feedback. If there are things you'd like us to start doing or stop doing, let Stephanie know. <laughs> and don't say recording because that's not an option. No, it isn't. So if you don't like what we're doing, really, it's just going to be in your best interest to stop listening. Right. Um, and uh, if you like what we're doing, we would love it if you'd give us five stars on your platform of choice and give us a written review. And uh, other than that, if you ever wonder why I am the way I am, it's because I was raised on television. 